More rumors about scoring wingers cooling off for the New York Islanders. We have the latest, plus an actual rating of the offseason that puts the Islanders in a pretty good light. We'll have all of that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders their first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can now also find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. Lots to talk about on today's show. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about in a future episode, send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings throughout this offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency... If it's happening to the Islanders, we will discuss it here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Let's get started with the big news of the last couple of days. The Islanders not looking all that likely that Vladimir Tarasenko will be joining the Isles. And uh, the latest information coming from Elliot Friedman, who was on NHL Tonight, And basically uh, had this to say, a lot of Islander fans have been sending me notes about Tarasenko, Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, Lou Lamorello, God love him, he's not going to tell me anything. The one thing I heard, and again, this is one of those things that could blow up in your face, but one thing I heard was, it is not a match. And Friedman talked about the fact that Tarasenko just recently changed agents And went on to say, I heard Tarasenko and the Islanders were possibly a bad match, and it's not going to happen. But I do think they're looking for another scorer. Yes, absolutely. So, look, Tarasenko, there are always issues. He is on the wrong side of 30. And we also know, and and everydayers, you know we've discussed this, that... Tarasenko is not a great defensive player. 
and boy, we all know his long injury history. So, yeah, it would be pretty important for the New York Islanders to add that goal-scoring winger, but it just doesn't look like Vladimir Tarasenko is the answer, or at least that he is likely going to be signing with the Isles, and if you think about it, uh, Tarasenko is probably looking to sign, at this point, because of the NHL's cap situation, a one- or two-year deal. He's going to want at least $6 million a year, which means that just trading away J.G. Pajot and optioning uh, Ross Johnston to Bridgeport is not going to be enough necessarily, for the Islanders to add Tarasenko unless they make another move. And, you know, that could be an Oliver Wallstrom move if you include him in a deal like they were rumored to be doing with Alex Dabrinkit. But for a player who has that injury history, isn't likely to want to stick around very long, all things considered, it is just probably not a great fit for the Islanders or for Vladimir Tarasenko. I mean, if I'm Vladimir Tarasenko, I want to go to a team that's going to give me, if I'm signing a one or maybe two-year deal, I'm going to a team where I'm going to get a lot of offensive opportunities. I want, I would rather go, if I'm Vladimir Tarasenko trying to sign a one-year deal, I'd rather go to a bad team or a struggling team that has a more offensive-minded game. The salary cap is supposed to go up by roughly $4 million next season. Again, we don't know that to be the final number, but that's the number that's been discussed in NHL circles. So, hey, go to Arizona. Go, to, go, go play for Anaheim or Arizona or some other team that plays more of an open style of hockey, but may not have a great chance to win right now because they're rebuilding. Go to San Jose. Uh, Not to insult those teams, but they're just in the midst of a rebuilding situation. Go to Philly. Uh, And yet, at the same time, it would allow Tarasenko to say, hey, look at me. I could still score 30 goals in a season, even if I'm not surrounded by A-list talent. Now, you can still pay me a a good salary going forward because, A, I've proven I can stay healthy, I've proven I can still get the job done, and, B, uh, you know, now the salary cap is going up by $4 million. Uh, You have a little more cap room. Find a way to pay me. If I'm the Islanders, the problem with Tarasenko, yeah, you don't have to give anything up to, to, to get him because he is as of right now, an unrestricted free agent, and probably the last unrestricted free agent out there who might be able to provide uh, the Islanders with some real goal-scoring help on the wing. But because of the cap crunch that the Islanders are in, and because right now, technically, the Islanders are actually over the cap, and that's even without Zach Parise returning or retiring, so... If Parise returns, they'll be over the cap by even more. And if you think about it, Parise's announcement may be delayed until the Islanders can get under that cap. But 
I digress, but you'd have to make multiple moves in order to free up the cap space, which involves trades, which involves giving up a player like, you know, J.G. Pajot or Oliver Wallstrom or both, or giving up another number one or number two draft pick. All the things that Islander fans have said repeatedly that they don't want to see this team do again would probably be necessary in the short run to bring in Vladimir Tarasenko. And that's one of the reasons why I feel that a pure trade is probably the the way that this team is more likely to go when it comes to bringing in that goal-scoring winger. And, you know, wh- whether it is someone we haven't even talked about yet who may become available. We know the Winnipeg Jets have some players who are unhappy. How the Islanders could pull that off, well, again, you're required to do a lot of juggling. But either way, I think... In order to bring in somebody, it's got to be, you know, salary going out, new player coming in, and it's probably going to be part of one. It could be a three-team trade. You could get all fancy in that respect or creative, however you want to put it. But realistically speaking, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko looking less and less likely to be an Islander. And, you know, as Friedman said, hey, you know, this could blow up in my face, so it could eventually happen if, you know, Tarasenko can't find the right fit, can't find a better offer, but it is looking unlikely. So cross Vladimir Tarasenko off your list, not looking like a good fit, according to Elliot Friedman. We have got more to get to on today's show. We'll take a look at uh, uh, something that actually paints the Islanders offseason in a positive light. We'll talk about that, plus uh, the results of our poll on uh, Oliver Wallstrom. All of that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you could spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And, it, you know, whether you're a Met fan or a Yankee fan or a fan of any of the other major league teams, you'll find lots of great opportunities to place bets, great odds on FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So the Athletic, uh, you know, trying to come up with some interesting content for the offseason. And this is surprising. And I think this is something that a lot of people have to sort of take into consideration. Uh, They did a a league-wide poll and basically tried to look at which NHL teams have improved the most this season. And they ranked them from 1 to 32 with, you know, 
a team in the Western Conference taking number one. And the, the Boston Bruins, by the way, ranking at the bottom. Now, I don't want to give away too much of, of their poll, but right now, out of 32 teams, where do you think the New York Islanders, yes, the New York Islanders, that same team that everybody has been criticizing throughout the offseason, where do you think they ranked? And keeping in mind that the way they're judging the improvement is how much each team's goal differential has likely improved based on the new players that they brought in and they use something called the net rating model. So here it is. The Islanders using this model based on a team that did not add any major players except what Julian Gauthier who may not even start the season as an everyday player. Uh, the Islanders were sixth out of 32 teams with a goal difference added of 8.7. Keep in mind that the number one team on this list had a goal, uh, a goal difference added of 15.7. Oh, by the way, two teams in the uh, Metropolitan Division ranked ahead of the Islanders. Pittsburgh was three, the New Jersey Devils four. But again, the Islanders sixth. And getting rid of Josh Bailey certainly was part of it. But bringing back and getting a full season of Bo Horvat, a full season of Pierre Engvall. And keep in mind, this goals added does not include Zach Parise, who is listed right now as being someone who is not going to be back on uh, in this article. So it, it, it's interesting that the Islanders are considered to have a addition by subtraction by not bringing back Josh Bailey. And, you know, the fact that they said Bailey was now below a replacement level player by getting rid of him, you're adding to the mix. And then, again, a full season of Engvall, a full season of Horvat a healthy Matthew Barzal, the Islanders end up sixth out of 32 teams. And that's just for re-signing three of the four possible unrestricted free agents in Scott Mayfield, Pierre Engvall. Uh, I mean, this is just bringing back your guys. And the Islanders do that, and they manage to finish in sixth place. If you're wondering where the other New York area team was, the New York Rangers, uh, believe it or not, below the Islanders in 12th. So this is purely anal analytics at work. There are obviously a lot of other factors involved, but from a purely analytic standpoint, just getting rid of Josh Bailey and Zach Parise and re-signing your own potential free agents in, in Varlamov, Engvall, Mayfield, this is enough for the Islanders to be sixth best in the league. And keep in mind, the Islanders still have not added the puck-moving defenseman or the goal-scoring winger that 
we have talked so much about them needing or wanting to add. So lots of uh, stuff still out there for the New York Islanders, but that's where they stand now. And for once, for once, a little respect for, for the New York Islanders uh, during this offseason, and uh, that has to be at least appreciated. All right, we talked a little bit about our poll. Again, sorry for the voice. I'm still under the weather and fighting this, but uh, we did our poll earlier this week on YouTube, and you can still vote, but as of right now, uh, what line do you think New York Islanders forward Oliver Wallstrom should play on? We gave you choices of first line, second line, third line, or I think Lula Amarello should trade Oliver Wallstrom. And... This is interesting. Uh, by a nice margin, 40% of you said, give Wally a chance on that first line. Let him play with Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal, and let's see if he can be equal to that task. Narrowly, the second most popular answer was the third line with 24%. The second line was pretty close behind at 21%, and then 15% of you said, I think Lou Lamorello should try to trade uh, Oliver Wallstrom, and based on my understanding, it's not that I think a lot of people are eager to get rid of Oliver Wallstrom when they say, oh yeah, you, you know, the Islanders should trade him, it's that, realistically speaking, Oliver Wallstrom is one of the only younger guys who the Islanders might be able to part with that another team would be interested in enough to include in a deal that could get the Islanders something in return. Whether it'll happen that way or not remains to be seen. But again, the, 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 the most popular answer by a fairly wide margin is let's give Wallstrom a shot on the first line. And... There are some advantages to that. He certainly would, you know, have, be the shooter on that first line with Barzal being the skater and the passer and Horvat being the deflections and tip-in guy in front. But the, the key, again, for Oliver Wallstrom, can he play that 200-foot game when he doesn't have the puck? And... Is he going to develop into that power forward that he has talked about becoming? Can he skate well enough to keep up with Barzi and be effective on a Barzal line? You would have Barzal, who's very fast, and then Horvat and Wallstrom, neither of whom is very fast on a line. I'm not saying that won't work. I'm just pointing it out. So a lot of interesting possibilities here, but I thank everyone for voting. And again, uh, feel free to... Uh, Add your vote to uh, to the list, and we'll go over all of that again next week. But uh, looks like everyone is eager to give Bar uh, Wallstrom rather a shot on that first line. And unless the Islanders do get a scoring winger, I totally understand why a lot of people would feel that way. We have got more to get to. On this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast, a former Islander announces his retirement. We also have a, a very special Islanders birthday of the day. Uh, the very first goalie that the Islanders uh, had, one was Billy Smith, 
Our Islanders' birthday today is the other. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. So another former Islander announced his retirement this week, and uh, we want to wish all the best to Nate Thompson. Thompson played parts of two seasons with the Isles, 2008-2009 and 2009-2010. The native of Anchorage, Alaska, can't say there's a lot of players who uh, from the NHL, from Anchorage, uh, Six-round pick of the Bruins back in 2003. Played four games for Boston uh, in 06-07. Spent all of the following year in Providence of the AHL. And then the Islanders picked him up. And he really resurrected his career with the Islanders. Playing 82 games with the Isles over uh, two seasons. He was always a grinder. Always a fourth line. Kind of a forward, but he really uh, always was popular with his teammates because of his hustle and his effort. Scored his first NHL goal against the Rangers with the Islanders, beating Henrik Lundqvist with a shorthanded goal in a 2-1 to win for the Islanders at Madison Square Garden. Dealt with a lot of injuries, as I said. Signed another deal uh, to come back for another season, but then midway through the year was put on waivers, claimed by the Lightning, and that sort of began his journey through the NHL. Played for Tampa Bay, Anaheim, Ottawa, the LA Kings, the Canadians, the Flyers, the Jets, and the Flyers again. Last played in the NHL with Philadelphia in 2021-2022. Spent last year with the Ontario reign of the AHL and now has called it a career. 844 career NHL games, 65 goals, 99 assists, 164 points. Not a goon, only 401 career penalty minutes. But here's here's the statistic that kind of sticks out in my mind. Uh, Nate Thompson played in 86 playoff games and that's a a tribute to Nate Thompson because when things get a little tough Nate Thompson is a guy that a lot of coaches did not mind relying on and uh, he he really did you know eight goals 21 assists his scoring in the playoffs a little bit better than it was during the regular season and think about it his career high in goals 10, set in 2010-2011 with the Lightning, uh, the 25 points he scored that year, also a career high. So uh, we wish all the best to Nate Thompson and uh, his quote, from the time I was four until 38, which is how old he is now, hockey has been my life and best friend. I'm beyond grateful and thankful for all the great people I've met and friendships I've made. All good things must come to an end. So thank you to all who supported me along this journey. And uh, really, he established himself as an NHLer and scored his first NHL goal as a member of the New York Islanders. 82 games with the Isles, 3 goals, 10 points, and uh, 88 penalty minutes. So uh, Nate Thompson hanging up his skates for good. 
right, time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, we're a day early on this one, but Saturday will be the 79th birthday of former Islanders goaltender Jerry Desjardins. And Desjardins was the Islanders' first pick in the expansion draft because they picked goalies first. And the Sudbury, Ontario native made his NHL debut in 1968-69 with the L.A. Kings. Later played for the Blackhawks, was the backup of Tony Esposito there. And then the Islanders selected him in the expansion draft. And he led the Islanders with 44 games played in their first season. But boy, you know, the Islanders won 12 games out of 78 that year. Five wins, 35 losses, three ties that year, and a 4.68 goals against average. Ended up playing another year with the Islanders, cut the goals against to 3-1-2, almost doubled the win total as well to 9. Then signed with the Michigan Stags of the WHA. That team folds. He ends up back in Buffalo and was part of the Buffalo Sabres team in 1975 that went all the way to the Cup Final, and he later... Uh, finished his career with the Sabres at the end of the 77-78 season. Coached a little bit in the Ontario Hockey League, uh, it, it, basically as an assistant for a couple of years. But Desjardins, uh, a big part of the Islanders' first two seasons. We go back and look at one of his better games with the team, and it, in fact, was his last game uh, with the New York Islanders. April 2nd, 1974, at the Old Barn, the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. The Pittsburgh Penguins are the visiting team, and uh, Gary Innes gets the start in goal. Jerry Desjardins, the goalie for the Islanders. Islanders fall behind 2 to nothing on goals by Wayne Bianchin and Syl Apps, but then two goals by Ralph Stewart, tie it, and then in the third period, the game winner, Bobby Nystrom, his 21st from Ed Westfall and Gary Howitt. And Desjardins, 38 saves in a game that the Islanders were outshot, 40-17. to 17. But he stole them a win. And, and that is the, the basic memory that I have of Jerry Desjardins. Him standing on his head and playing really well while the Islanders were outshot by almost a 2-1 to margin, and yet he kept them in a game they had no business being in, but more often than not came up short. But again, proved he could be a quality goalie when he went on to Buffalo and had a solid team in front of him. All right, thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers will be back on Monday with more of the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Until then... Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islander.